part two chapters sixteen and seventeen of on piety by jean joubert this librivox recording is in the public domain part two the fruits of piety chapter sixteen piety enlightens the mind the mind itself a citadel impregnable against any power of man participates in turn in the benefits of piety for through piety it is thrown open to god who floods it with his light whatever certain gloomy thinkers may say about it piety in no wise changes for the worse the natural brightness of the mind it does not in any way narrow its vision or curtail the scope of its outlook it does not injure in the least its freedom or activity for inquiry thus the life of piety does no hurt to the life of the mind on the contrary it is a valuable aid to intellectual cultivation both by the recollection which it prescribes and by the supernatural light which it sheds upon the soul piety does indeed encourage habits of recollection it recalls the soul from the things that distract it and forces it to turn its attention within now there is nothing so hurtful to intellectual work as the scattering of one's faculties nor is there anything more favourable to study than the capacity for living within oneself for it is not enough to see everything nor to read everything in order to know everything what is of importance is to understand and to ponder in one's soul what is said by books and men piety by creating in the mind conditions which are favourable to meditation cooperates in developing it it gives further help by the supernatural illumination which it throws upon the objects of human knowledge how many truths of the highest order which reason alone would only discern in a dim twilight are clearly outlined by faith which is sustained by piety amongst these truths are the existence of god and the immortality of the soul the two which are of the greatest interest for us to know and if moreover we need examples to support this doctrine the history of the church provides us with the most illustrious names the genius of st paul and of st augustine far from being extinguished at the time of their conversion rather owed the best of its splendour to their ardent piety st thomas aquinas was the most eminent of the doctors of the middle ages and the most pious of christians bossuet all of whose writings were filled with piety lost none of his breath of mind on that account if we take away from pascal what he gets from piety his works will be deprived of their most striking characteristics and if those who are pious have often appeared to be narrow and stunted it must not be put down to their piety but to the weakness of their intelligence or to the slackness of their will nevertheless it is properly speaking in the region of things supernatural that piety enlightens the mind beyond the vast field of nature the phenomena and laws of which have been given over to the patient investigation of man 
opens out the profound domain of mysteries left to itself the mind of man cannot enter into it but faith takes him by the hand and introduces him thereto it says to him see thy god who has created thee he fills the universe with his presence while at the same time he is in the depths of thy heart thy reason perceive the unity of his nature now contemplate the trinity of his persons he has created thee in his own image and thy soul bears his imprint thou comest from him and thou returnest to him therein know thy destiny and learn the meaning of thy life this present life is thy wealth take care not to lose any part of this gift every moment of it is precious since it enables thee to act rightly and to purchase the life that has no end thou wast fallen it is true but god took pity on thee and stretched out his hand to thee in giving thee his son by jesus christ he has saved thee from slavery he is saving thee from ignorance and vice and he will save thee from death eternal in the present and in the hereafter he is thy life these beautiful and consoling prospects which are revealed by faith alone exactly reply to all the questions that torment the hearts of men science satisfies our superficial curiosity but the serious anxieties of the spirit are only dissipated by faith what am i whence come i whither am i going these are the things that interest men of all climates and centuries once enlightened on these points they are at peace about the rest faith gives us firm definite and clear replies apart from faith the mind of man is ever in hesitation and liable to error like a person walking in the dark even today where there is no faith there is the same uncertainty as amongst the pagans of old or else there is nothing but foolish negation look around you he who is wanting in faith is also lacking in the true knowledge of the origin the end and of the meaning of life if faith is a gift so precious that the apostle was able to say the just man liveth by faith galatians chapter three verse eleven the vitality of a man's faith will be the measure of his life the more you believe the more you will live and here it is that piety comes in for it contributes vitality and activity to the whole-hearted faith that accepts all the articles of the creed while faith continues slumbering although entire in many christians it is wide awake and ardent in those who are given to piety by faith the eyes are open to supernatural truths by piety the look becomes keen and piercing and is filled with illuminating splendors what wonder is it if the soul when brought by piety into contact with god bathes in light it is in those who are simple though without intellectual culture yet united to god by fervent piety that this interior enlightenment appears in all its clearness 
as to god the soul and religious truths and morality and as to the ordering of their lives they have views that are surprising and that no learning has given them but which have been revealed to them by their intercourse with god and by nothing else saint teresa had but little learning and nevertheless what deep insight into divine mysteries and into the human soul is to be found in her works marie eustel a pious maiden who only knew how to use a needle left behind her pages charming in their delicacy and faith written under the inspiration of god in the eucharist in whose presence she spent whole nights in contemplation how many peasants and humble women taught by piety speak of the ways of god with as much competence and above all with more freedom and unction than learned theologians if the form of their utterance is less accurate yet on the other hand how much fuller it is of light from the heart all on fire with piety come these divine splendours to illuminate the mind for to use the language of st paul the heart has eyes which are able to penetrate the mysteries of god and of christ as well as those of our destiny ephesians chapter one verses eighteen and nineteen jesus himself tells us that the heart can see but only on condition that it is pure blessed are the clean of heart for they shall see god matthew chapter five verse eight and therefore pascal was right when he wrote the heart has reasons that the reason cannot apprehend we know it in innumerable ways it is the heart that perceives god and not reason this is what faith is god known by the heart and not by reason he says further do not wonder at seeing simple people believe without reasoning god gives them the love of himself and the hatred of themselves he inclines their hearts to believe we shall never believe with a trust that is effective and of faith unless god incline the heart and we shall believe as soon as he gives the inclination the intuitions of the heart which are so full of suggestiveness in things human since one knows so quickly and so readily what one loves have then a great power in the things of god piety gives them because it carries the heart to god and enables it to taste the lord and because it makes one experience in life itself the goodness of god piety is love and from the fire that it kindles in the heart emanate the beams that enlighten our whole being chapter seventeen piety makes men apostles piety as we have said is an interior life but a life that cannot be confined within it ferments like leaven in the midst of the soul and as soon as it has attained a certain degree of heat it must find a way out as the heat of the sun sends forth its rays to carry to a distance its light and fertility so the heart that is on fire with the love of god is unable to keep in confinement the holy ardour with which it glows and further piety after being sanctifying 
becomes conquering follow saint paul when he is filled with jesus after having been overthrown by him on the way to damascus when he says i live now not i but christ liveth in me galatians chapter two verse twenty one he gives you the measure of his piety would you next know the kind of apostle he is then hear him woe is unto me if i preach not the gospel a necessity lieth upon me one corinthians chapter nine verse sixteen the charity of christ presseth us two corinthians chapter five verse fourteen so that by all means christ be preached in this also i rejoice yea and will rejoice philippians chapter one verse eighteen then see him in athens he is violently moved within on seeing the city wholly given up to the worship of false gods he goes to the areopagus and there he boldly preaches his risen master this apostolic discontent is felt by all the saints who come after him in the twelfth century we find saint bernard while still in the world with such fervour in his speech that he wins his friends and carries them off to citeaux and as soon as he becomes a monk he takes in the whole world in the sweep of his ambition and all europe is moved by the ardour of his words in the next century st francis of assisi and st dominic carry piety and the work of the apostolate to its highest pitch is there any one that more really deserves the name of religious than the poor man of assisi and the founder of the rosary in the vast monasteries where they receive such multitudes of young novices do we not find piety put in the forefront and is not prayer the bread on which their vigorous souls are fed thus it is that they are moulded to the apostolate from these burning centres the novitiates go forth thousands of apostles to spread the fire of divine love amongst the nations if there be a soul who incarnates piety to the fullest degree it is indeed saint teresa but so warm a heart cannot help being an apostle while still a child she escapes from her father's house because she is going she says to preach the gospel to the unbelievers and since her sex closes the door of foreign missions to her she will carry on the work in the mystery of the cloister she and her daughters will amass a treasure of sacrifices and prayers which in virtue of the communion of saints will go to fertilize the wild lands which are to be watered with the sweat and blood of st francis xavier and his companions our own age gives us an illustration of the apostolic power of piety in our seminaries and convents do we not find that the generous missionaries who are ready to sacrifice comfort and country are always recruited from amongst the most fervent is there even one pious heart which is ardently pious who has not had at times the sublime aspiration of devoting itself to the great work of missions and in the parish who are the devoted helpers of the priest 
if they are not those who are pious cannot the priest rely upon them just in proportion to the extent in which they are frankly gods experience proves that the priest too increases or decreases in missionary zeal according as his piety rises or falls without piety he would be without zeal he might still be full of activity but his activity would be barren fervour alone can stir him up at least fervour alone can assure the success of his work by assuring him of god's blessing if piety alone produces zeal and makes it last that is no doubt because the apostolic spirit is a grace connected with prayer but it is also because piety evokes in the heart just those feelings that give rise to zeal for there are three kinds of love that mingle together in the heart of the apostle the love of jesus christ the love of the church and the love of souls but piety is exactly what kindles and sustains these three kinds of love to begin with it is indeed under the breath of piety that the love of jesus commences and grows in the living power of faith the soul adores in jesus its god made perceptible to the heart of man it recognizes him as merciful and good condescending and generous it follows his steps from the crib to calvary and embraces him on the cross saying with st paul he loved me and delivered himself for me galatians chapter two verse twenty and adds i will love him in return and will give myself up for his sake but how are we to give ourselves up for christ's sake the pious soul discovers the secret of this if jesus she says has shed his blood for me at least i will spend mine for him it is not enough to show that i love him by living a holy life i wish to prevent his blood from being wasted he has paid a ransom for souls i will go in search of the souls for which he died and i will bring them back to him to this dear shepherd who wishes still to go in search of the sheep that are lost i will give the help of my whole being of my heart to love them of my voice to call them back and of all my members to find and recover them where would he have me go whether it be to the end of the world or to the land of my birth matters little provided that i can be of service to him my sole ambition is to be the means of bringing souls to love him what zeal for work what disinterestedness are aroused in the heart by such feelings of love with the love of jesus there is naturally joined the love of the church for it is in the church that jesus continues his life what filial piety the christian feels in his love of the church she is his mother he respects her cherishes her and wishes to see her great and honoured whatever affection he has for jesus he carries on to the church he is full of holy jealousy for her glory and he wishes to extend her sway and hence he is full of zeal for her sacred interests 
why says he the church is my mother and am i not to be grieved when i see her insulted and buffeted and the tax made upon her rights i will be her defender in the eyes of all men by my conduct i will bring her honour by my fidelity to her and pride in her i will prove the intrepidity of her sons by my words i will repay the insults that outrage her and by my missionary endeavours i will maintain her rights but it is not enough to defend her i will work for the extension of her sway her kingdom consists of the souls of the faithful i will therefore win souls for her i will win them for her by the exercise of my influence amongst those of my own circle i will win them by taking part in clubs for the enrolment of the young and by helping on with purse or in person such apostolic works as make it their object to gain heathen lands missionaries at home as well as abroad all these have given their lives with the noble desire of serving their mother the church lastly piety produces the love of souls because it steeps the heart of the christian in the divine loving-kindness and inclines it to compassion whoever participates in the life of christ feels all that jesus felt and says with him i have compassion on the multitude mark chapter eight verse two i will not send them away fasting mark chapter eight verse three come to me all you that labor and are burdened and i will refresh you matthew chapter eleven verse twenty eight him that cometh to me i will not cast out john chapter six verse thirty seven he that is without sin among you let him first cast a stone john chapter eight verse seven all these divine words rise to the lips and inspire the actions of those who pray and of those in whom the life of piety bears sway and is not having such feelings in the heart having apostolic zeal for an apostle is nothing else than one who has pity on the poor and stretches out a helping hand to them who raises them up and brings them to themselves by bringing them to god it is this compassion that opens men's hearts to him he brings them kindness and generosity and devotion by loving souls he wins them and when he has won them he gives them to god it is then true that piety makes men apostles if it is a good thing to say to the young be apostles it is still better to call upon them to be pious the apostolic sense will not arise without piety true piety will inevitably produce apostolic feeling end of part two chapter seventeen